Broncos All-Decade Tackle Orlando Franklin. Two-time All-Pro linebacker Chad Brown. Former Broncos tight end and New York Times best-selling author Nate Jackson. 104.3 The Fan welcomes you into the Players Club. What is up? It's the Players Club. Sans Chad Brown, it's just... Me in Orlando today, Sid behind the glass, filling in for John Simmer. Doing a great job, Sid. Waking up at, what, four in the morning? Three, two, three. Three in the morning nice. to make sure these shows are running smooth. We appreciate that. And thanks for rocking up with us on this sunny Tuesday morning. And it's cut day for the Denver Broncos. We don't love it. We have to say goodbye to some folks today. Um, before we get into these names, Orlando... Kind of what are you expecting here today with these Broncos? Now, they have some things to worry about or, or, or to negotiate. Kwan Williams' injury, um, Jerry Judy's injury. Yeah. But you, you expect any surprise cuts today? I mean, all eyes are on two people for me when I think about this Broncos team this year, Nate. And that's, you know, because we, we see the Montreal Washington, right? And that was a name that kind of could go either way. But that's already came out that the Broncos are no longer going in that direction. So yep. for me, it's all eyes are on Kareem Jackson. What happens with mm. K-Jack? Yeah. But also on the offensive side of the ball, what happens with Albert O? What happens with the other big O that's in town? Big O. Yes, sir. We're going to get into um, a discussion, a, a dedicated conversation a little bit later about that. But, um, wow, we can just start it off right now. Albert O had a really good game the other night. He had, what, uh, eight? Catches, 109 yards, a touchdown, looking like a beast out there. Seven, seven for 109. Seven for 109. Yeah. <sighs> Shined in the in the joint practices, came on in the last week. But that's that's us seeing him catch the ball, right? Yes. There's a lot more elements to play in tight end, especially when you're the number three yeah. tight end, which is what he would be, the number three or four tight end. You got to do other stuff. And if you're going to make this team, you got to help us in other ways than just catching the ball because one would have to assume Greg Dulcich is going to be the plan ahead of Alberto as far as catching the ball, right? Yes. So how can you make an argument to keep Alberto when a guy like Nate Atkins, for example, had a stellar camp, does everything well, blocks well, plays special teams, is the type of player that would be an ideal third or fourth tight end because you can actually suit him up and know he's going to be out there on the field helping you um, win. Mm. How do you how do you justify keeping Alberto instead of Nate Atkins when Nate Atkins outperformed him in every other way other than catching the ball? Sometimes you got to cut on the film, right? Does it transition to games? Um, Nate Atkins, I don't remember the other night what he did. I, I I wasn't sitting there, you know, just following him around or anything like that. But for me, okay, one catch, eleven yards, great. You could catch the football, right? You might be dominating in, in the blocking aspect of it. But at the same time, you cannot deny 7 for 109. You cannot deny hurdling over people. You cannot deny <laughs> one-handed catches, right? And I know that the biggest knock on Albert O has been his ability to block. But, I mean, it, it is like a light bulb has clicked. And he has showed that he's a little bit more willing to do it. The San Francisco 49ers game, that big Jaleel McLaughlin return, right, in the kickoff return game. Well, I, I saw Albert oh, throw a really nice block on that, right? So it's all about, at the end of the day, is putting your positions in the best, putting your players in the best positions to succeed. Nate, why can't we keep both Nate Atkins and Albert O? Because if I'm a part of this coaching staff, 
those two guys are making this football team because of the skill set and the fact that both of them have done showed me both that they could you know they're willing to play special teams but also they're willing to block and they could definitely catch the football there's so, other guys that I would look at going right. a different direction so let's go there because you mentioned Nate Atkins um, Alberto obviously Greg Dulcich Adam Troutman making this team and there's also Chris Manhurts yeah the the road grading 30 year old blocker who who's been in this league for a long time yeah who understands how to win at the point of attack yes would you be okay with letting him go absolutely because there's other things that you could do as a football coach when you let go the road grade and tight end that's been blocking for many, many years that has not caught a lot of balls. Mm. That people don't think that you're throwing him the football. Well, we could go with an extra offensive lineman out there. I think Nate Atkins gives you the ability to have a backup fullback as well, if not just in the tight end room. So, like, for me, it would be it would be Manhurst. That is the odd man out when I look at this tight end room. Tommy Hudson's already been released as well today. But if I'm keeping four, I'm definitely going in a different direction from Manhurst. Now, when we were praising, well, we were busy praising Alberto's athleticism and the balls he's catching and just flashing out there. Stink was putting in the work. He was up at 3 a.m. looking at the All-22 mm. and watching Alberto get smacked around <laughs> in the running game. How much of an issue would that be for you as a coach to keep a dude who is on tape? And, you know, I mean, we, we don't see it all. But those guys in that building, they see it all. Yeah, They see everybody's play every day, and it gets criti- critiqued in real time. They all have to sit there with each other and watch each other get critiqued on film. Yes. How how would it play in that locker room, in that meeting room, when the when the guy who's getting his ass kicked the hardest ends up making the team? And the guy like Tommy Hudson, for example, who just got cut, a tight end who is a good blocker, mm. gets uh, is gone. Nate, I think I'm the wrong person to ask this question. Played on football teams with Julius Thomas. Oh. I played on football teams where <laughs> literally we're at practice and it's the regular season. We're getting ready to play that week. A run plays call, and Julius is looking over saying, Hey, Clancy, who was his tight end coach, Clancy, I don't think I'm supposed to be in right now. I think Virgil's supposed to be in right now. So I I look at it from a different lens because when a guy is special and there's unbelievable talent at catching the football, now it's up to the coaches and that quarterback to make sure that you put that person in the best position to succeed. And I also believe that Sean Payton could put Alberto in the best position to succeed as a blocker as well. Yep. You don't necessarily have to be the guy at the point of an attack. You could go tight ends over and have Alberto at the, as the wing tight end off the line of scrimmage where now he comes in and he's the trail player for that double team, not the person that has to throw his head in there and be the post player and, you know, grind it out. And, yeah, you know, grit the teeth and bite him, you bite him everything. Might, uh, might chip a tooth, right? You don't have to put him in that position. Uh, you can have him now going across the motion at the snap of the ball. Go cut that person. You can have him with the sneak attack, right? You know, we're going to run, you know, 10 or 11 trap, and we want you to trap the defensive tackle. And now you're going to go up and sneak up on him, right? So there are many different ways to help Alberto out in the blocking aspect, in my opinion, if you're creative as a coach. Yeah, Jimmy Graham was not some kind of – no, badass blocker. Oh, I remember that. Okay, we could go even further before the Julius Thomas because Jimmy Graham, I was a part of recruiting Jimmy Graham to play football. 
he was getting ready to go overseas. He went to the University of Miami. He had already signed that contract to go overseas. And I remember our old coach back in the day, you know, Mark Whipple. He was the quarterback coach for Ben Big Ben when they won the Super Bowl. He became the offensive coordinator for the Hurricanes right after that. And I remember going to Jimmy and sitting down with him and talking to him about football. And when Jimmy got on the football field, I promise you, Jimmy was not trying to block at yeah. all. But I don't even remember in training camp ever asking him to block. He was just out there running routes. But he broke the single-season yardage record for a tight end in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see how Sean Payton approaches this Alberto situation. It will reveal a lot about his philosophy offensively, what he's willing to accept, what he's willing to work with, and how he sees Alberto. Also, guys, it's cut day, and I'm looking at my phone right now. Wow, this the, these cuts are incredible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all about them next. You've been admitted VIP entry into the Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. Hot off the presses, we got some, uh, we got some incredible, as I said, cuts happening right now with the Denver Broncos. And before we get to give you the names, it just sucks being one of these guys today you know and and yesterday basically what happens after the last game is coach says hey we're gonna have we're gonna have some tough decisions to make over the next 48 72 hours so look listen just be by your phones and you know if you get a call then you know answer it and don't send it to voicemail and you know that thing so the guys were hanging out sunday looking at their phones, didn't get the call. Hanging out yesterday, looking at their phones, didn't get the call, went, a bit, went to bed yesterday thinking, all right, maybe I'm safe. But no, 6 a.m., probably 7 a.m. this morning, that phone rang for quite a few gentlemen. And I'm going to go over this list right now. Wide receiver Nick Williams waved. Wide receiver Kendall Whit- Hinton waved. Wide receiver J.J. Koski waved. Cornerback Delonte Hood waved. Offensive tackle Isaiah Prince released. Linebacker Austin Ajike, Ajaki waved. Nose tackle PJ Mustafer waved. Defensive tackle uh, Hagai Nadabusi waved. Wide receiver Josh Hammond waved. Tight end Tommy Hudson waved. Quarterback Ben DiNucci waved. Guard Henry Bird waved. Wide receiver. Montreal, Washington, waved. Wide receiver Tyler Taylor Grimes, Cecil's boy, Camp Darling early in camp, waved. Edge player Aaron Patrick, absolute beast of a man, waved. Defensive tackle Jordan Jackson, waved. Cornerback Art Green, waved. Quarterback Fayon Hicks, waved. Inside linebacker Seth Benson, waved. Ryan running back Taylor Beatty waved and inside defensive lineman Tyler Lancaster released. That's what we got so far. Oh, your initial thoughts on this list. Anybody jumping out at you? Uh, my initial thoughts is uh, thanks everybody that texted in. That I had a hot <laughs> mic during the commercial. Uh, really appreciate it. And then BK, you know who you are. I really appreciate you texting me directly, letting me know that. But, um, you know, for hot, me, hot, hot. <laughs> for me, Nate, it's um, Tyler Lancaster, right? I mean, when you look at all these names, Tyler on Sunday, Saturday night, you know, was hanging out, chilling, 
taking first team reps, enjoying. Probably told the family to start driving on down, right? Start looking at places online. Coaches holding me out of this final preseason game that usually single single signals that I've made this roster. But that's that added benefit of that third preseason game when guys go out there and are able to grind. Elijah Garcia, grinding, mm. making plays, right? Grinding. Able to get on that football um, after that big fumble, uh, after the huge interception, game-changing play by Drew Saunders. But also, Matt Hennison, he was continued to ball out as well. So you look at that, and I know that Mike Purcells was coming back, but I think that you start looking at some of these young guys, and they're, those guys are not going to be around. Like Elijah Garcia, had you tried to sneak him through the practice squad, somebody's going to come scoop him up. That guy was making plays in every preseason game, like game-changing plays. So for me, like, I've never really paid attention so much to that third preseason game, Nate. But today I think that we all have to pay attention to that game because you're seeing veteran guys, quality guys that have been taking reps with the first team get released because of it. You know, you hit the nail on the head with the, just the letdown that that he is feeling after after not having to suit up for the last game. Mm. You know what it, I mean? You probably never had to suit up for that third preseason or the last preseason game. No, we 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 suited up, but yeah. we knew we weren't playing. So I had I had to suit up every year except the very last one. My last one is when I was told, "Hey, man, you're good I'm in this last game. You're not going to have to play in it." Had I been cut after that, that would have been the biggest mind you-know-what ever. And that did happen to my buddy Kyle Johnson. Kyle Johnson, you know Kyle. Yeah, yeah, Running yeah, back, yeah. Uh, Kyle. You know, hey. hey. Yeah, dancing Kyle. <laughs> yeah, hey. dancing Kyle, man. One of the one of the all-time, you know, one of my favorite dudes I ever played with, a good friend of mine to this day. He lives in Florida. He's a teacher. He's a trainer. He's a coach. He was a scout at one point, He too. was a scout. <laughs> yeah. And became a personal trainer, and um, he moved to Florida with his wife, and they got three little girls. Three now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, he got told, "You're good." He was in his he was in his Gilligan hat. Yeah. On the last on the last game, and he was just joking around. You know how fun it is, man. That last game when you get to wear the Gilligan hat, Bro, and you I, are chewing the seeds. I had a hot dog eating competition at halftime. Every year I was in the NFL during that last game. <laughs> you had 12 minutes when you get out the field. I was back there when coaches were making adjustments. I was back there with the other offensive linemen trying to see how many hot dogs we could scarf down in the 12 minutes that we were back there. And how many did you get? Uh, the most I've done is seven. Seven in yeah. 12 minutes? Yeah. Buns and all? Buns and all. How was that I second half for you? I was good to go, but I was good to go. I was That's just like after, that was a snack. You're like, boy. I'm still hungry. Was, yeah, you know, like... Who got those hot dogs for you, man? Because because what, was there like fifty of them for you guys to have this competition? Yeah, it'd be the equipment guys. Like they would have them back there, and you know, different stadiums you go to, they, they yeah. kind of already have that. It's it's like the unspoken rule. You've been in NFL, Nate. Come on, you know the kickers look out for the kickers, and you get the garbage bags full of beers on the, for the bus ride to the airport after. Like, every kicker does that. So if the Broncos are playing against KC, the KC kicker is going to have a garbage bag full of beers. It's ice cold for the Broncos <laughs> kicker. So I always made sure that I was on the bus with the kicker. Whatever bus the kicker's going on, that's where I'm at because free beers. But it's like this unspoken rule when it comes to the hot dogs, too, because they always have it back there for that, um, that, um, 
uh, equipment staff. Even when I was coaching a couple years ago in San Fran, same exact thing. Bunch of hot dogs back there for that equipment staff. Bunch of hot dogs, man. When I would when I would be inactive for a game, and it happened a lot. For, the first year I was a tight end, um, I was one of those eight guys who didn't get um, who didn't get to suit up. I was, you know, there was forty five guys who played. Eight guys didn't. A lot of the times that year, I, I was one of those eight. So I'd get to the stadium, and I'd walk into the locker room, and then um, Chris Trulove would give me the thumbs down. Mm. Thumbs down, meaning you're down. Yeah. So go put on your sweats. Go get your running outside, and then it's time to start eating hot dogs. And, yep, I, I see you reacting. What? No. I know. All right. We got some news to share with you guys. No. And it's exactly what we've been talking about. Big news on the Broncos front. Somebody got cut. We're going to tell you who next. The Players Club welcomes you into the morning mixtape with a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Orlando, Chad, and Nate. Go, 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 go. We're going to get in the morning mixtape in a second, but I got some breaking Broncos news to share with you guys. Alberto, Alberto Kawibanam has been waived. Mm. He's gonzo. Too little, too late for Alberto. Mike Kliss tweeting, per source, Broncos are waving tight end Albert Okawibanam. Great final preseason game and good final two weeks of camp, but again, tight end position is deep. Troutman, Dulcich, Manhurts, maybe Atkins. That's from Mike Kliss. Your initial reaction to that, Big O? Sucks, man. I didn't think that this was happening. I didn't. I thought that he really came along, but it also signals that there's a new sheriff in town, right? And Sean Payton is, I think, telling his football team something right now. That you have to abide by my rules. you got to do it how we want you to do it. It's not enough to go out there and have a last two weeks that is great. Like, you have to expect greatness every single day. So, even though it kind of sucks, I think there is a silver lining for this football team when you're trying to change the culture of this football team. And and uh, we were talking during the break, and you think you think he's going to ball out somewhere else. You think he's going to find success. Absolutely. I think he's going to find success. Not only that, Nate, you know, for whatever reason, it finally clicked for Albert O in year, going into year four, right? It took him three and basically three and a half years because you got an off season and a regular season, right? So, you know, he's getting ready for that regular season. So it basically took him three and a half years for it to click. Well, now Albert O gets the, the, the taste of being out there on the streets. Even knowing, like, I just played a full preseason game. Yeah. I balled out. I had seven catches, 109 yards. Yeah. I made this thing look easy. <laughs> I showcased my athleticism, but yet I still find myself out there on the streets. And now it comes a position where he could get claimed, right? And not, you could end up kind of anywhere in this situation. And now you don't get to pick where you're going. And, you know, you've got comfortable here and your cars are here and you understand the city. you got to go learn a new city. So I think that bad taste in his mouth is going to really, like, set him up great for the next place that he's at. Because he was already showing signs of improvement and, like, the light bulb going off. So for me, it's like, why can't he continue to trend in that direction? It's got to be quite a trip, personally, to think about Alberto. He hasn't played well his let's face it, he, he he's left something to be desired as a tight end his entire time since he's been here, and he's never been cut until now, right after he has his best game of his life and plays the best week of his life at practice. I mean, you're out there. Uh, I was out there to see those joint practices, and Alberto performing at a high level in front of the starters, with the starters. You know, it wasn't just about him doing it against the twos and threes on Saturday night. 
he jumped off the field to everybody watching the other day when Russell Wilson was out there and Corlin Sutton and Greg Dulcich and all those guys were out there as well. But but I want to push back a little bit on what you said, that he finally figured it out. We saw him catch the ball well. Mm. We did. But how do we know he figured out any of the other stuff out? Because, look, Greg Dulcich is their number one pass receiving tight end. Clearly, that's how Sean Payton views him, right? Mm. Even though someone on the RamosLaw.com text line is saying, Alberto is better than Dulcich. Mm. That is an actual discussion to have. Who is the more? Because Greg, Greg Dulcich doesn't block anybody either. Yeah, I think Alberto is the more dynamic player. To be honest with you, I and, do believe that. And I, you got to imagine up in that coach coach's offices, they were having that same discussion, right? Yeah. These guys are basically the same player. We cannot keep the same player. But also, you, you, when you get into a habit, it's harder to break that habit. I would imagine that that coaching staff looks at Greg Dolson and said, man, this guy was hurt last year, didn't have an offseason. He was banged up in OTAs, banged up in training camp, like had to work his way back into like the lineup and into just being healthy during the season. And when he did that, finally did that, they were able to activate him. Like he wasn't available from the get-go. So yeah, they would still, some guys in that building is probably still looking at Greg Dolce as a rookie, saying, man, we could mold this guy. We could shape him. With Albert O, it's like, Took three years. Like, yeah, last year, we're not going to judge a lot of people from last year because, you know, according to Sean Payton, it was one of the worst coaching jobs is like in NFL history. Yeah. So we're not going to look at last year, but I'm sure Sean Payton is looking at the, the two years before that for Albert O, right, and saying, man, this guy couldn't find a way to even be active for these guys last year, and they weren't doing anything. So I think a lot of it hurts Albert O, but also the – aspect of routine and routines become habits and you know is it harder to break Albert O's habits or is it going to be harder to break Greg Dolce's habits and it's definitely going to be harder to break Albert O's habits because he's been doing it for longer than Dolce's has yep you got to remember though this you remember what we were talking about this offseason this is going to be a running team mm-hmm. you're going to prioritize the running game yes, try sir. to keep Russell clean bringing in these offensive linemen who could who could be uh, dominant run blockers like Orlando Franklin back in the day Bringing in Samaji Piran, right? Um, changing the philosophy around here where, where you're trying to bully people on the line of scrimmage. Alberto does not fit into that philosophy. Yeah, um, I guess he doesn't, but does Nate Atkins do it? I think the, so. Yeah. The versatility there, yeah. Okay. Because he like you said, he can he can he can back up. Uh, the fullback position. Yeah, he can play. Uh, you know, any tight end position, and he can play special teams. And I think we we got to keep that in mind when we're talking about Alberto. Do we want to keep him around just so he can not suit up at practice? Or I'm sorry for games, so, so he can give good looks at practice because he can't play the big four special teams. If this is the third or fourth tight end, I've, I've been the third tight end before. I had to play all four special teams. Yeah, you know, and then I'm good for 15 or 20 plays on offense. That's typically what it was like for me. So if you play all four special teams. You know, kickoff, kickoff, return, punt, return. Don't think that's that, about 25 plays. But you don't think Albert O could have played all four special teams? I don't. I don't think he which, has the instinct. One, which one? Did, the physicality I, I there. I thought that he did a heck of a job on the Julio McLaughlin kickoff return. Uh, on punt, it's a big body, right? It's a, like, punt, I'm putting him on even five. Like, I would have put him on field goal as well as the wing guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because of how, that wingspan, right? So but one, but one little beep, and you get you, you get a kick blocked, you get you get something happen. Do you have confidence? It's really not about like what he could do. It's about the confidence that the coaches do or don't have in the young man to put him out there. You know, it's all about that, right? Like convincing the coaches 
that you can do it on Sunday. You got to do it at practice. Yeah. And and was he able to do that on a day in day out basis? I guess not. I mean, I think that a lot of it, even with Alberto having some great blocks on offense, you know, I, I pointed out the San Francisco 49ers game, the Toledo McLaughlin run. Well, Alberto took his guy about eight yards down the field. So you look at just last week as well, you know, running on the goal line. Initially gets blown up and put in the backfield, but he sticks on that block, right, and finishes the play, and he ends up about five yards in the end zone. So for me, it's... It's just, I don't like it, Nate. I really don't. I don't like to see the Broncos going in a different direction because that young man's body type, and he has a ton of ability, and I don't even think that he is a finished product when it comes to the passing game. I think there's still a further ceiling. And with, you know, a vested interest in the Broncos, just like you have a vested interest in the Broncos, and I just think that Alvaro is going to end up on somebody else's team and they're not going to ask him to do a lot of different things. And they are going to find success some way, somehow. I think ultimately what ended up happening with Albert O is that you got the same guy in Greg Dulcich. And the same guy's younger. The same guy, you know, has an opportunity to be molded by a coaching staff that just came in and has not played a lot of football in the NFL. If you're just tuning in, Albert Okawebenam, fourth year NFL tight end, drafted in 2020, came in during the COVID year. Drew Locke's boy. Had a good college career. Taught, caught, I think, 14 touchdowns his senior year in college. So he, he he had a nose for the end zone and a connection with the Broncos starting quarterback at the time. you got to think that's why he was brought here, or at least part of the reason. Had 11 catches in 2020 for one touchdown. 2021 was his best year as a pro. 33 catches, 330 yards, two touchdowns. And then last year, kind of languished on the sideline. Did not impress Nathaniel Hackett and his staff enough to even suit up. He uh, he played in eight games, technically. He had one start, 10 catches last year for 95 yards and a touchdown. And the news just came down that Alberto is out, getting released by the Denver Broncos. Will be interesting to see where he ends up. How do you guys feel on the RamosLaw.com text line about Alberto being let go? 303-713-1043. Let us know. So far, I'm looking at it, and uh, you guys don't like it. You think it was a mistake. And hard not to think it was a mistake seeing... I mean, I want to know what you think, though, Nate. Like, you've played that position. Do you think Alberto ends up on another team and another team has the same viewpoint as the Broncos had, being that he's going to be that third or fourth tight end? You you don't come in on another team and become the first or second tight end, right? You you come in and be at the bottom. But do you think he finds success? Because of what you just said, that he's going to come in on the bottom. When you come in on the bottom, you can't just do one thing well. You have to be able to be a versatile player to to prove that you belong on that game day roster. I don't. I think if Greg Dulcich wasn't here, it would be Alberto all the way. Yeah. I think Greg Dulcich. You know, you just you just nailed it. They're the same player, or they have the similar skills skill set. And why would you keep both of them? One of them is not going to play. And so you're wasting a roster spot on a guy who's not going to be out there. Man, and you got to pay him after. You got to really make a decision after this year too, as well, right? Yeah, He's yeah. Last year of that contract. I just know how it was for me when I was transitioning to tight end. The emphasis every single day placed on me and all the tight ends by the coaches on on being tough, on being a, a serviceable blocker, on putting your head in there, on making strides, on getting better every day with it. And when there was someone who wasn't, who wasn't buying in, or who wasn't. It's very, very frustrating to coaches to have a guy not stick his head in there and go for it. 
And Alberto has taken a long time to just stick his head in there and go for it. Have you ever seen him just come off the ball and pop somebody? Maybe you missed the block, but did you hear the crack? Is that coaching? Do you think that it, we've had the is. right coaches here for Alberto? Because I tell you this, I see it right now in the text line from the 719. Alberto is going to the Chiefs. I'm calling it right now. I would hate that. <laughs> I would absolutely that would hate that, right? And, like, if you have a coach that could get a little bit more out of him, right? I mean, can you – I could see Alberto literally playing another 10 years in this league. He's got the he's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got freaky athleticism. He's got the strength. He just has to have a talk with the man in the mirror and decide he's going to be that. You know, if, when, if he walks out on the practice field every day like, I'm going to catch some balls today, I'm going to catch a bunch of balls today, that's the wrong mentality for Albert L. The pass game comes easy for him. It's the other stuff that comes hard, and that's the stuff he has to focus on. And I think that that's going to be his mindset no matter what moving forward. has to be. It, it's going to be like, hey, I'm walking out here. There's a purpose. It's about the run game. Yep. Don't worry. The pass game, I got that. I will brush up on my skills. I'm always going to have opportunities to run routes, but I got to pop on film every single day in this run game and practice as well. And he did pop on film on Saturday night, and so he put some stuff, good stuff out there. I'm sure he'll find a home, but the news is that Albert O is gone. Uh, fan favorite and somebody who we're all rooting for because he made some, let's face it, some improvements and flashed out there, but too little too late for Albert O. Albert O moves along. All right, uh, projecting the wide receiver room. Montreal Washington out, Taylor Grimes out. Keep in mind that Michael Thomas broke the single-season receptions record under Sean Payton with 149 catches in a 16-game season. Will all of the Denver Broncos wide receivers combined equal that total in 2023? We'll dig into this receiver room next. You've been admitted VIP entry into the Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. How do you want it? How does it feel? For Albert O, it doesn't feel good right now. Albert O, you no. think so? You, you think? Uh, yeah. I think Albert O knows. Like he's like, okay. What do you oh, mean, okay? I think Albert O's like, all right. He knows he's getting picked up. It's not like a lot. Like there are, I would think that there are three different types of people that are experiencing today, Nate. And you tell me if you agree with this. I think there is a, a certain percentage of people that not know that, hey, I'm going to get picked up. It's just where am I going? Am I getting claimed or do I get to pick my opportunity of where I'm going to end up? I think Alberto falls in that category. I think there's another group of people that are saying, man, you know what? I hope I get picked up. I hope I get an opportunity. I hope a team gets riddled with injuries so I can get my next opportunity. Right, and then I think there's another group that's like football's over. Like, mm. let me go get that insurance job. Let me go dive into wherever. Do you agree with that? I do. I think sometimes though the delusion of a professional athlete doesn't allow him to not understand which group which he's three, in. What group? You what know what I'm saying? That, Especially three. depending on what what message your agent is giving you. Yeah. Now, Alberto's agent is definitely telling him, "Look, you're going to be fine. There's a you, t- you you did all you could do. You put something great on tape. Someone's yeah. going to pick you up." But then there's the agents who tell the, the, the third group that same message, that you, you're you going to get picked up, keep working out. So these guys who should be 
you know, uh, selling insurance within the, the month yeah. are actually going to keep training for the next year or two before the calls completely disappear. Yeah, those are the sucky agents. Those are the agents that are just trying to hold on for dear life theirself, and they probably should switch their position profession as well as the that um, group of people that is just not going to get that opportunity because some guys – Let's be honest. Football is over. You will never get another opportunity to put a helmet on. And that's the harsh reality of it. Um, from the Ramos Live.com text line. A lot of thoughts coming in on Albert O. We appreciate it, and I'll try to get to them, guys. Uh, this one from 720261. Albert O. will go to the Chiefs and come back to burn us. Bad move by the Denver Broncos. I, I think that there will be... I think there are 10 teams in the league right now. A third of this league are looking at Albert O. and saying, we could use that guy. Like, I am very interested to see kind of what happens next. If he's waived, he gets the opportunity. Like, he has to clear waivers, right? I don't know how this goes. And, you know, maybe we might have a guest or try to get somebody on. But um, <laughs> One of these nerds to explain it to yeah, us. Yeah, like, like, I'm sure that there are teams that are put in claims immediately as that, that came out. There's a reason why when you look at, like, the big dogs, like the Adam Schefters, mm. the um, Ian Rappaport. Mm. There's a reason why, like, when Mike Kliss is tweeting out, like, who the Broncos are waving, that those guys are only, like, picking up on certain guys. Right. And now they will tweet it out. And Alberto was one of those guys. Right. So, I, I mean, he's yeah. going to get an opportunity, yep. no matter what, in my opinion. From uh, Trucker Jake, don't know where all these Broncos fans, don't know why all these Broncos fans are crying about Alberto. Dude couldn't block, flat out, period. You, you can't just be a tight end that catches footballs. You got to be able to set a block. I think the right move was made today. I get you. I mean, I hear you, but I look at, like I said, what was his name? Trucker what? Trucker Jake. Trucker Jake. Um, wasn't Julius Thomas exciting to watch? Mm. Didn't you love what he did for the Denver Broncos and what he brought to the field? Uh, I thought Julius. But, was, but he also had Peyton Manning throwing the ball. Yeah, right? there's a difference I mean, there, right? I, well, I think that the game this year is going to be a little bit more get the ball out of Russell's hands. Mm. Albert O would have been excited to watch in this offense because now it's like this guy's 240-plus. He runs 4-4. Give him the ball in the middle field. Let a guy try to go take him down by himself, right? Create spacing. So I look at, like, those different things. But also the guy from Atlanta, Kyle Pitts. Yep. Drafted top 10. You think Kyle Pitts is out there blocking? No, but he didn't. heck with that? But he didn't do anything last year. They figured him out. Hey, but I get he, that guy is going to continue to have success because he's a nightmare mismatch. Even when you fig- Atlanta, the problem was that Atlanta didn't have the right person throwing the football mm-hmm. last year. Marcus Marietta. There wasn't a lot of talent around Kyle Pitts. As well. I, uh, <laughs> uh, a little side note. My Netflix has been weird. I finally got it up and running again. I watched mm. a little bit of quarterback last night. Nice. And uh, the ver- the opening, the opening credits of co- quarterback, it's, it's Peyton, right, mm. doing the voiceover. Yeah. And he's, he ends it by saying, you know, following blah, 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 the hardest position in sports. Mm. Do you think quarterback's the hardest position in sports? Yes. And before you answer that, if that were true, then Peyton should be able to play every other position on the field, Right. It's it's not the most physically demanding position in sports, but as far as the hardest position in sports, I think it is. From the neck up, you got to understand what, what everybody's doing out there. What about from the neck down? Because doesn't that matter when you're talking about sports? Is no, it, it all doesn't. about? It's it like, we're not playing Sudoku out here. We're Dude, playing a sport. It doesn't matter. Remember when Eli Manning won the Super Bowl? 
the backup quarterback. I forgot his name, but he was like a three hundred pound guy. Like, like, like the hefty lefty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, rest what, in peace. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I, the quarterback position, it's all about hey, this is where the person's going to be. I remember when we got Peyton, and they sat here and said, hey, he's either going to be right here in the pocket, right here in the pocket, or right here. Like that's it. All right, so he's either going to be three yards behind the center, five yards behind the center, or he might get to seven if we go like deep play action and we're trying to take a shot over the top. <laughs> so how is that the hard? Like, what other position would Peyton play on a football field if it wasn't quarterback? What other position would Peyton play? Yeah, long snapper. <laughs> I mean, what what would happen older? if Peyton tried to play cornerback? <laughs> I mean, he's not athletic enough to play. So, so that would say the corner was harder. Physically, yes. isn't that what sports is? Not at the quarterback position. You could have a lot of success at the quarterback position and not be athletically gifted at all. Um, all right, from the Ramoslaw.com text line, is it possible that the tight ends they kept are even are better than Albert L? That's why they kept them. Is it possible? So we're gonna see, right? We're gonna see exactly how this thing lays out. I think that you know, Greg Dulcich and Alberto, we've made that argument. We've made that comparison. Um, Chris Manhurts, is, is he making the team? Because he's not better than Alberto. He's only a block. So now you're going in the complete opposite direction but, but with a guy are, that is just a blocker. But are we trying <laughs> to protect Russell with a running game? Isn't yeah. that like the focus of this team? Yeah, but you know that you can manipulate the running game, Nate. Don't act like hey, I mean, you you can literally sit there and did what we did with the Tebow Mania. But you Go can't five just five wide and get a light box and run the ball with the quarterback. Like you could create a running game. It's easy to create a running game. It's just manipulating the defense. Ramoslaw.com text line, someone saying the fourth tight end on a five win team was cut. No big deal. Mm. Maybe no big deal. But if Albert O ends up with the Chiefs. Or he ends up with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and you got to see him twice a year. I think he's going to find success in this league. So I think we're just going to be looking at it uh, two years from now like, dang, he was here. Like, why didn't we get that? And that's why I was asking you, like, coaching, does that – like, you played the wide receiver position. Then you had to go and move to tight end, and you had to eat a bunch of cheeseburgers and go to Hooters and eat, you know, 50 wings and, you know, get bulk up. But you, <laughs> you went from block – Push cracking, you know, get get the push crack and go, you know, block a safety when yeah. he doesn't know that I'm coming. Yeah. Go try to light up a linebacker and he doesn't know that I'm coming to like, you know, playing patty cake out there with the corner when you're in the run game. Right. To like putting your hand in the dirt and now trying to fire off on a yeah. guy that weighs two fifty, yeah. runs four four, and is arguably the most athletic people out there on the football field. Like yeah. defensive ends are freaks. Yeah. The outside linebackers, freaks. So for me, when you see Alberto, could it have been coaching? Could yeah. coaching have been an issue? Because why did the light bulb all of a sudden just go off this year? But at the same time, he he saw three different coaching staffs during his time here, right? Three different coaching staffs, and none of them were able to get through him to him until the last week of training camp. We know put the coaching on. staff last year wasn't really teaching technique. Look at Luke Wattenberg. Luke Wattenberg looks so much better than he looked this year, right? Garrett Bowles digressed last year. That offensive line coach, Butch Berry, didn't even make it 15 weeks. So could that have been the same for, like, Albert O with that coaching staff last year? Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know what? This coaching staff is probably like, why did you wait until this last week to do this? Mm. You know? Slow learner. Yeah. Well, a little too slow because 
Big, uh, Big O, the new Big O, Alberto, is now looking for a new home. A lot of folks on the Ramoslog.com text line think that you're telling me I got to gain 30 pounds and be back, Big O, for the city. Yeah, you might have to. You might have to. I'm going to have to start eating cheeseburgers and hamburgers and and go back to Big O. McDonald's right down the street. (laughs) Guys, it's the good guys. 25th Grundy Insurance, Colorado Nationals, presented by Griot's Garage. The good guys car show, Rod and Custom Association. America's favorite car show returns to the Rockies for its 40th anniversary season of cool cars, cool people, and good times. Grab your family and friends and head on out to the Ranch Events Complex in Loveland the weekend of September 8th through the 10th for the Good Guys 25th Grundy Insurance Colorado Nationals presented by Griot's Garage. See over 2,000 of the country's finest 1998 and older hot rods, trucks, customs, muscle cars, and classics on display. Check out Good Guys Classic Performance Products. Autocross Racing Series action featuring the Western State Shootout on Saturday. Experience a tire smoke and burnout competition and Earth Shaken Nitro Thunderfest Vintage Dragster Exhibition. Shop the Swap Meet, Cars for Sale Corral, and Vendor Midway. Enjoy live music and bring the little ones to the free kids zone. A lot going on here at the car show. And on Sunday, see which rides take home the top awards of the weekend, including Builder's Choice Awards by Eric Peratt a Pinkies Rod Shop. And also on Sunday, guys, American-made or powered late models of all years are welcome for our uh, McGuire's All-American Sunday Celebration. For complete details and to register your vehicle or purchase tickets, visit goodguys.com. That's G-O-O-D slash G-U-I-S dot com. Hang with the good guys where the real car people come to play. But right now, Caller 4 is going to get four tickets to the Good Guys Car Show. That's right, caller four right now. Pick up the phone, dial it, 303-713-1043. All right, when we get back, we're going to continue reacting to this news of these guys who's been cut today for the Denver Broncos, including fan favorite, Alberto. Darn it.